Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Who was here last week? Let's just see those hands again. Oh, that's wonderful. 50%. Where were the other 50%? Where, Where were you guys? In children's ministry, wonderful. Thanks, Nick. God bless you abundantly. But last week I I shared on Go. You guys remember? I think the message is on the app, hey boy? Yeah. It was short, we made the announcement, and then just we went through a short few points. But we are for the next seven weeks going through those points in a bit more detail. I'm hoping to get some practical things out of it. Can you remember last week I said to you, 1982, Rigby and Sue planted Waverly New Covenant. And I said to you, we get to walk in that that God gave to them. But greater than that, at the end of man's vision, we run into Matthew 28. 28 verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. At the end of our vision, when we've been very clever and we thought we have done what we have to do, we still run ourselves into God's Commission, Matthew 28. When you have gone and told a thousand people about Jesus Christ and led them to the salvation's prayer and they've accepted Jesus Christ, you are still going to run yourself into Matthew 28. It is something we have to do as a people individually till the day that we die and as a community till the day that we die. We get to... Keep it as an important focus point for the generations to come. Annabelle, Matthew 28, my girl. Your mom and dad are going to pass it on to you. Because we believe in a God of generations. We had the extreme privilege of celebrating one of the best looking 60-year-old friends that we have, Lainey. 60, guys. She's 60. Full of wisdom and full of grace. And we, get, we got to celebrate. And, and Sally was there. And she could speak about Lainey. Sally is Lainey's mom. What is she, 82, 80, 83? And she serves the Lord and Lainey serves the Lord. And here, Sean comes and he serves the Lord. And Ronwin comes and she serves the Lord. And, and Jay serves the Lord. And now there's Olivia. The God of generations right here in our midst. He did not end at the Old Testament. He is still the same. Do you still get excited about Matthew 28? Because for a longest time and from time to time, it grows dull to me personally. And then I'm so grateful that God comes and he smacks me and he says, wake up boy, Matthew 28 is there. But it's a clear command, it's to go. And I get the privilege this morning of talking about the first point I made last week, which was spirit and truth. 
for us to go into the nations and to make disciples. The first point I said last week is we need to be a people of spirit and of truth. I listened to the message again, and I, I don't think I really spent a lot of time on that one. And to a, a big degree, I think it was God divinely leading that. Because when I listened to it, I, f- I felt like I made a hash up of it. But um, I think he was prepping me that there will be more and further exploration of this. And he was just saying, my boy, you think you understand it. But wait, there's more. But Jesus comes, and he sits with a woman at the well. And I shared it this morning, what he said to her, if you knew who you were, then you would ask me for living waters. And she says, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you speaking to me? And for some odd reason, after the exchange, she goes to this point and she says, you worship there and you tell us we shouldn't worship where we should worship, on the mountain. And you know, they had a legitimate claim that this mountain was a place of worship because it's the mountain where Abram made and and confirmed the covenant with God. It was the mountain where Moses said, let us build altars and worship God. It was a legitimate claim for a place of worship. And Jesus doesn't get into a dispute with her and said, you are wrong. As a Jew, we worship in Jerusalem and we worship in the temple and we observe this and this and this. No, what does he say to her? When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, Jesus isn't talking to her about the observances and the the religious practices. He's talking to her about something greater than that. He's saying true worshipers are those that live in the very presence of God, where there is spirit and there is truth. And don't we also do that? Come church, let's stand together. This morning we're going to worship God because God wants those people that worship him in spirit and in truth. And that's where we use this verse, isn't it? Before the musical part of our worship, for our service on a Sunday. And then we say, oh, it was a glorious time. The spirit worked during worship today. Oh, it was so amazing. God was speaking. There were prophetic words during worship today. Is it just me that has done that? Or have you guys also said that? I think the Pentecostal charismatic movement spoiled it for all of us. And we miss what Jesus says just like she missed it. So just in case you thought we were better than the Samaritan woman, (laughs) we're not. We're in the same category and we miss what God wants to give us so often. But this morning, can we arrest our hearts and say, God, give us, give us revelation about spirit and truth. Because Jesus says, um, there's this worship word that he uses is proskuneo. It is to bow before, to humble yourself in the presence of, to come like a dog to a master and beg for food, to lick the very hand of the one who is greater than you, who, who you get to belong to. 
I want to say if we as a church only do that during the musical part of worship, we are going to be an emaciated, anorexic bride of Christ. Proskuneur is the understanding that you are continually in the presence of the great I am. That your very life should be devoted to a life of, of fawning on him, standing in awe of him, remembering that he is the great I am. And you are not, but you get to be in his presence. That you are righteous through Jesus Christ. <laughs> we sit at his feet and we look upon his face. If we as a church only do that, when there is music playing, we are starving ourselves of the very living water. That is why Jesus goes on and he says to her, if you knew in whose presence you are, you would ask me and I will ask my father to give you living water that will become a stream within you. We are not supposed to just come and dip our feet in worship. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> oh, it's so refreshing. We are supposed to swim in this pool. We are supposed to dive in, get wet. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. But the longer you stay in the cold pool, the more tolerant you become. <laughs> in the presence of God. In our unrighteous, unholy nature, when you just go in, we are uncomfortable. It doesn't sit well. That's why this woman jumps to different topics and says, but this is what they say, this is what we say. Because she's uncomfortable in the presence of the living God. And she wants to back against it and squirm against it. And he takes it right down to brass tacks and he says... One day, you will worship me in spirit and in truth. She didn't realize that that was her day. When will your day be? Maybe you are one that lives perpetually a lifestyle of devotion to the living God. Maybe, like me, you're sometimes in there and sometimes not. Maybe we are people that pursue that wholeheartedly all of the time. You see, her worship was restricted to a place. We worship on the mountain. In Jesus, in spirit, we are ever in the presence. The ever presence of God. Her, her worship was restricted to structure and ritual. And God says this morning, you are free. You want to dance and make my glory known? Go for it. You want to sit and be raptured in love with me? Go for it. As long as there's an authentic heart connection between you and me, my son, my daughter, I'm loving it. You see, her worship was restricted to time. You could go to the temple at a certain time. You had to go once a year. You had to offer this. You had to offer that. Prescriptive. You can wake up in the morning. And you can be in raptured worship before your king. You don't have to drum up uh, the best uh, playlist from Apple. Worship uh, A-list. You can just be in his presence. He's there. You see, her worship was restricted to a select few. 
And what does Jesus say? In the spirit, I'll make you new. And then there's always access to my presence. You see, if we don't understand, and we are going to do the musical part of celebration worship as one of the topics that we're going to do. We, we, it's, we believe in it. You just have to be present today to know that we do. And it's fun, isn't it? There's something about music that goes with, with, with the presence of God and, and the, the voice of God. It's biblical. We love it. But guys, let us not, okay, guys and girls, let us not fall in the category to think that that is the fullness of proskuneo. It is not. He says to her, people of spirit and in truth, because God is spirit, and those that worship him must do it in spirit and in truth. I'm going to go truth first. Is that all right? Okay, cool. I don't have clever. No, I don't. It's, it's four W's and one G. So there's no alliteration this morning. There are just four points under this one. Now, I, I, I found it interesting that he says, he doesn't say you should worship God in the knowledge of who he is or in the wisdom of the books that have come before. At that stage, they were reading the scrolls. They were looking at what the prophets said. They had what um, Proverbs said to them, don't do this, be wise, do this. That the, the, the prophecies of the, of the old prophets, of the minor prophets that said to them, this will be fulfilled in your presence. They go later on in John and they quote where it says that this is what they spoke about when they said in the latter days, the old people, the spirit will come on people and they will prophesy and dream dreams. I know I'm paraphrasing a little bit odd and don't get distracted by my croaky voice. But they, they, they had access to that. So the same Bible that we have, portions of that, they read. But Jesus doesn't say it's for you to understand, have knowledge about God, then you can worship him. He says it is truth. Adelphia. That thing that settles truth that cannot be challenged now you just have to go to varsity campuses around the world and you will know that they don't believe in that at all your truth is your truth we've said this before may it be a reminder today they will tell you that whatever truth sits comfortably with you that is your truth it goes to gender it goes to vocation it goes to relationships. It goes to eternity. Your truth is your truth. <laughs> Jesus is saying, oh, please. Truth in me is true. Adelphia, it's unchallengeable. It is steadfast. It is secure. The first one here is if we as a people want to live out Matthew 28 and go into the world out there and get people to see that Jesus is the answer, the first thing we need truth about is who God is. If you do not know that he is the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the creator of the world, Yahweh, the uncreated one, the one who is outside of time, and the only living God that sacrificed himself so that the people that he loves can worship him in a close relationship. There is no other God like our God. How many songs declare that? Do you still hear it 
And is it still your truth? Deuteronomy 6 verse 4. Hear our Israel. Where's Monica? You know this one. It's our verse. Hear our Israel. The Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. What is the commandment that the very person of God here on earth came and reminded us about? You shall love the Lord your God with everything in you. Jesus Christ said that. I want to ask you, what are you doing to build the truth about God in your life? Because if you're not secure, you are not going to stand. Can I just say, we don't have to keep Lenny busy. And because we have to keep her busy, because otherwise she'll just bake biscuits all the time. That is why we let her research and do theology. Because we don't want an oversupply of biscuits. We sit and debate as elders about what the truth of God, how, how will we bring it across, what it is. We are vulnerable enough with each other to say, I don't understand this point completely, but I'm willing to sit on, on your conviction until I get my own because it sounds, it sounds proven and it sounds right. Who understands the fullness of the Trinity here? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The examples that they bring, the egg, the ice, the water. Oh my goodness. And then somebody says, but it can't be because water is, is, is water and ice is ice and steam is energized water. We don't keep this woman busy and, and the elders busy with preventing them from baking biscuits, people. Theology is there so that you can be sharpened by iron. And you know, the first iron that sharpens us is God's word, not our opinions. And let anybody on this team try and prove it differently. God will deal with them, I promise you. We do not, we do not promote our own opinions. We promote the word of God. And that's the only truth where you learn about him that will stand. The second one, I'm going to have to rush, I'm sorry. Do you know and are you confident about the truth of the work of salvation in your life. I asked myself, do I have salvation confidence? John 3, 16 to 18. Oh, it's such a lovely portion. Don't you want to open your Bible? Let's just read it afresh together as a people. Well, okay, for those that are staring at me, I gather you know the word of God off my heart. That is fantastic. I envy you. We have some rustling of pages. That's amazing. Some new iPads maybe. No, it didn't happen. John 3.16. The ESV. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. 
Whoever, whoever, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe, who does not believe in him is condemned. Because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God, Jesus Christ. Do you have confidence in your salvation? This morning as you sit here, do you know that you are saved? I've told this before. I, I used to um, have a friend that was with me in church growing up. And when there was an altar call, we were there. Yeah, no, every altar call. I thought the poor pastors now thinking about it must have been so, so, so. Like, oh, please, does the people not just get it? And then the one old Bali said to my friend, you know, you've already changed from a pig to a sheep. If you've rolled in the mud, you're just a dirty sheep now. You haven't become a pig again. Just go wash yourself off with the word and carry on. I think that woman was just so tired of praying the salvation prayer with us every Sunday. Are you confident that you are a sheep? Do you have salvation confidence? You're not a pig anymore. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? That he's the truth, the way, and the life. Come on, man. There's victory in that. Sometimes we are all dirty sheep. And then he comes and he washes us. And what he can't wash, oh my gosh, he, he, he shears. Uh, that's unpleasant, but uh, it's a good thing. The third one. What is your truth about who you are? I called it identity confidence. And this one for me, it might seem a little bit me focused, but it is completely centered and rooted in the work of Jesus Christ. I don't want to make this point and you walk out of here and you say, your hand says, I must think about myself more often and know my identity. That's not at all. But there is a scripture in the word of God that I love to point out to myself and others. Therefore, preparing your mind for action and being sober-minded. Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. A couple of things in this scripture. Prepare your mind for action. When we go, are you being prepared in your mind? How do you prepare your mind? Being sober-minded, the first thing. We sometimes walk around inebriated and under the influence of our own arrogance. Arrogance in thinking that we are greater than, or arrogance, and I am saying arrogance, when we think less than. Because you do not know the mind of Christ, and what he thinks about you, and what he says about you, in either of those categories. And you are arrogant to think that you've got the right to speak Contrary to what he says and what he calls you, you are a child of God, settled. You are not greater than me and you are not less than me. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ before we are anything else. Equal footing. Now when we are inebriated, we sometimes have some motor actions that don't work so well. We have uh, uh, some bravado that comes out. We have people that uh, possibly lose balance so that, that, that balance is, is off. Some people claim they can't remember what happened. 
It is not unlike that when you are not sober-minded in who you are in Christ. Do you have identity confidence? Because if you do not know who you are in Christ, the enemy will throw you off your game like this. You will stumble and fall in the morning and you will disqualify yourself for the entire day and the enemy will laugh as the people that you were supposed to influence that day goes uninfluenced. Is that a word? Can I have your forgiveness, Steph, please? I made up another word. Hallelujah, God is creative. Sober-mindedness before God. The fourth one. I called it God's word and the interpretation. Do you have instruction confidence? Do you know what the instruction manual about you and life and engaging people say? I am shocked when people nowadays come to me. And I don't think I should be shocked because those are the people God's going to say to me. But I'm still working through this, that people don't understand what is written in the New Testament, much less the Old Testament. When people that are sitting in church have been in church and I know have listened to me as I preached about something, tell me, did that happen to Paul? Yes, it happened to Paul. Then I have to get off my high horse and I do, I promise you. But guys, you cannot face anything today without exploring the word of God. You are a fool if you think you don't need it. It is absurd. How do you do marriage? Look at the word of God. How do you stay single? Look at the word of God. How are you a grandparent? Look at the word of God. How are you supposed to do your finances? Look at the word of God. What are you going to tell those people that are so messed up and made a complete hash up of their lives when you yourself don't even know what you're supposed to do? The time and the place for saying, but the elders and the deacons know the word of God has long gone. Eat your own food. We create these things to come to. Eat, pray, learn. It is not somebody's clever take. It is the actual word of God that is taught. Make notes on a Sunday and ask a question if you don't agree. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. This is what Paul said to, thank you, yes, to Timothy. Verse 17. That the man, woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I don't know my purpose in God. I get that frequently by people. You know where the start of that exploration begins? In the word of God. Why do we corporate pray? 
because how good it is when the brothers dwell together in unity. It's so funny, Amy pointed out that we are number 133, first road. And Psalm 133, verse 1, is what I've just quoted. <laughs> what a sense of humor does our Father have. This is a place of unity. And how pleasing it is to Him when we dwell together here as living stones. I call that instruction confidence. Now, Father, help me to make sense of this one. You know, Jesus said, a people of spirit and in truth. And then your hand went and said, we're going to do truth first. Because I want to say, if we have the truth, but not the spirit, we are also in a dangerous spot. The spirit comes and humbles us and it grounds us so that we can walk in God's confidence in the truth. This word spirit is a simple word, pneuma, breath. I love how Artie Kendall says the Holy Spirit is like a dove. It's easily, easily offended. It scatters quickly. I tell you, if you, if you do not know how to quiet your heart before God, you will occasionally miss the spirit. It's just a reality. I've gone spirit-filled, spirit-led, and spirit-consumed, spirit and let's quickly go through them. Acts 2, verse uh, 1 to 4, it's where the day of Pentecost arrived. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit can be felt. That's it. It's a reality. It's a presence. It is a person. And when you're in the presence of greatness, you will be aware of it. All it takes is for us to sometimes say, maybe just close your eyes and say, God, I choose I choose to look at you now and acknowledge your presence. Just for a moment, close your eyes and become aware of the presence of Emmanuel, God with us, Holy Spirit. A new and a fresh revelation of your presence, Lord. And what oftentimes happens when you choose to focus on the presence of the Holy Spirit, He starts to fill you with revelations of Jesus. The King of Kings. The Lamb of God. The rider on the white horse. The lover of your soul. Fill us with revelation of Jesus now, Holy Spirit. If you're sensing him, perhaps you just want to say, thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. Thank you that I can be in the presence of the great I am. 
I thank you that you changed me, God. That you bring life. That you remove condemnation. That you have the power to forgive sin. There will be a language change when you are aware of Holy Spirit. He will be filled with hope, with life, with kindness, with compassion. And there will be courage that comes upon you when you live in the presence of Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Next one, Spirit-led. Romans 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Sons of God. The son doesn't mean males only. It means females and males. All of us. You get to be. And you get to be. And you get to be. And you get to be. Yes, we can. We are sons of God. And don't you forget it. And when the enemy comes, you stand in front of that mirror and you say, you are a son of God. Thank you, Reuben. That's who we are. When we are in step with the Spirit, we are led by the Spirit. Who here has ever had that nagging feeling to go and speak to somebody? But it's so daunting. Come, give me a raise of hand. Who's ever had that feeling right here in this church to come to the front and share a word? I just, no, no, keep them up. I want to see. So I know who to call next time. There we go. No, 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 keep them up. It's it. You know when you are led by the Spirit. And even though it is scary, what happens often? That's exactly what I needed to hear. People break down. People say, oh, that's confirmation. Somebody else also told me that. You won't believe it. I was just asking for that this morning. Some will even say, I was just asking God for that. How often does it happen? Show of hands in our country, how often do you get smacked? Physically chased, kicked. Has it happened to anybody? I'm legit asking. I'm not just trying to make a point here, but I haven't had that personally. I haven't had people smack me. I've had people say, I don't believe in God, so um, thank you. I've had that. Just asking. That's interesting, eh? Spirit led, spirit consumed. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is? Can I quickly tell you guys a, a thing? There's a song that goes, the, the fruit of the Spirit is not a grape. The fruit of the Spirit is not a cherry. The fruit of the Spirit is not a, an apple. So at um, J-Zone, they, they're covering fruit of the Spirit, and they say, who knows what the fruit of the Spirit is? And Iris puts her hands up, and she says, I say, yes, Iris. She's like, it is not a grape. It is not a grape. Who knows the fruit of the Spirit? I know Terry does. He also always rambles it off when I can't remember. The fruit of the Spirit is 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Slam poem. And I didn't even know it. I must say, I've listened to Tim Keller's talk on this scripture and the fruit of the Spirit. If you want to hear a take on it that is so rich with exegesis and is so filled with the Spirit and life-giving, look it up on your podcast app. Tim Keller on fruit of the Spirit. It is overwhelming. It convicts. It cuts. But it is true. It is so good. The next thing of being consumed by the Spirit, now once we have all this abundant fruit salad that we get to serve up to one another, because you realize you don't work on the fruit of the Spirit or grow them for yourself, eh? We knew that, everybody. Because you, as a tree, don't eat your own fruit, do you? No, 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 no. Who eat the fruit of the tree? Other people. And, and who are the first people that eat of the fruit of your tree? Your family. And in reality, who are the last people to get the fruit from our trees? Our families. May we stand convicted before him today. How often so I'm still growing patience. You know who bears the brunt of that? My impatience. Everybody else except my family. My family. My kids. You grow the fruit of the Spirit so others can be reminded about the goodness of God. Galatians 5.25, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When we are consumed, we will not miss a beat of where He is taking us. I love how He says, we, and not you, and not I. How this man goes and he makes it about us as a people together, walking and keeping in step. Because let's be honest, we sometimes on our own can really fumble it. But when we walk together, when two or more walk together, they walk securely. To us, you are supposed to come and walk here with us, walking out what he has called you to. Keep in step collectively. And then 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7, of course, it's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, it will not be a rare thing to see signs and miracles and wonders. Words of prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, healings, miracles. It will not be a rarity. It will be a regularity that that happens often. And that's what we're after. Jesus says the time will come when true worshipers, people that are devoted in the presence of God, will, will devote themselves, be consumed in my presence with me and not with themselves, in truth and in spirit, in spirit and in truth. For us to make a meaningful impact in Matthew 28, in this community, on the 26th and the 27th of October, 
We have to, first of all, well, not first of all, we have to be people of spirit and in truth. Romans 12 verse 1 in conclusion. It's a good one. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We are to become a people led by the Spirit, filled with the truth in God, about God, and for God. That's who we are. Can you close your eyes? Lord, I thank you, first of all, Lord, that you spoke to me as your son and convicted me. Father, I pray that you continue to do that daily. Convict me, convict us as a people, God. I pray, Lord, that we will be a people that understand that worship is being in your presence, kneeling before you, raptured in who you are. And God, will you, will you come and sharpen our truth about you like iron sharpens iron? Holy Spirit, will you ground us in humility and understanding of who we are and who you are? As a people, Father, that's what we desire. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you had a good morning. I hope you have a fantastic afternoon. For those over 39, like myself, I hope you have an afternoon nap. May this week bring you surprises in God. May it bring you wonders and uh, chances to walk out your calling in Him. If you need prayer for anything, if you want to come and learn more about Jesus, there will be a ministry, ministry team at the front. Have a wonderful Sunday and a good week. Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.